Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast, the podcast that guides those looking for a home that expresses their unique lifestyle to release creative DNA into their project and have it completed while keeping the artistic vision alive. Now, here's your architect creative, J.D. Carling. All right, everybody, welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. Today, we're talking about the real estate portion slash putting the team together for your custom home project. And for that, I thought I would have one of the best people in my area, and this is Leighton Hope. And he's going to discuss with us today the process of putting a team together. And Leighton, do you want to tell us a little about your company or what you do before we get started? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, JD, for having me on here. I'm truly honored that you even thought of me. So really excited to be here and hopefully I can bring some insights and maybe some value bits throughout our conversation today. But to be brief and just kind of give a a little bit of a a background about who the Hope Group is, we are a, a family run brokerage and we call ourselves custom home consultants. And what that means to people is Everyone knows that if you want to go build a house with a national home builder, you walk into the building, you pick a lot and you get three options on what floor plan and what style. But where do people go, JD, that are a little more affluent and want a fully custom build? So that's kind of how our business model arrived to who we are today of custom home consultants. So in short, what we do is we consult end consumers or people that have interest in building a house on how the heck do you do it, right? Where do you start? And we curate a team around what your needs are and where the location you want to be and really just try to be as client-centric as possible and provide as much value and insight. Yeah, I think this is really great. I was, As you're talking, I was just thinking when I do homes and stuff, I deal with all different type of realtors and sometimes they don't specialize in doing new construction or, or a completely new build, whether the person owns a lot already or not. And I think that makes the process not quite as smooth. So it's really cool that you guys have this, I don't want to say, yeah, like niche, I guess. Yeah, um, niche, yeah, niche. niche. However the heck you say it, right? <laughs> so when someone comes to you, what's one of like the initial problems or things they're trying to figure out when yeah, they come so, to the custom home consultant? So there's a couple questions I always ask my clients, but when mm-hmm. they come to me and the biggest factor in the entire process is A, how much time do you have? The okay. custom home process, and I'm, I'm sure you can attend to this, is it's a timely one. And it can also be kind of daunting with the the surplus of options and moving variables within the process it would definitely be the timeline because you're looking at at least 12 to 15 months for a larger size home from mm-hmm. the time you sign the contract and you stick a shovel in the ground to the time you're moving in and having your home welcome home party, whatever the heck you want to call it. So aspect number one is definitely time. And then two is probably your budget because a custom home can tend to be a little bit more pricey than traditional just going out and buying a resale. So those two factors, I'd say, would be the first things to think about. Yeah, And uh, another thing I was thinking about when you're saying that is working with somebody who's already aware of empty lots or lots that are ready to be torn down for custom homes in whatever market they're in too is an important thing to look for in a brokerage that's working for custom homes because that's not the majority of things that are on the market. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I totally agree. And I, I think that's one of our strong suits at the Hope is we only focus on new construction. So most of the majority of our work is kind of finding off-market opportunities before mm-hmm. it hits the market because at least here in Central Florida, the, the surplus of people moving here every week, there's such a high demand for 
A-plus location lots that if you can have some of these and provide it to people before they hit the market, you're at a real advantage. Yeah. Yeah, because you're, like you were saying, doing a custom home, you're, the cost of that is more. So if you have, if you're working with a team that's already going to be able to make, maybe help you shave off a little bit on that price from someone that's listing retail trying to sell it to another home buyer, then they're going to have an advantage there as well. When someone's uh, working through looking at some of the lots that you have or opportunities that you have, what like type of struggle can they expect inside to be going through, like trying to make decisions and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think it's a conversation to have internally with your partner, your family, or even Mm -hmm. just yourself. Because essentially, it's it can be kind of over daunting. There's so many things going on. Do you start with the lot? Do you start with the builder? Mm-hmm. Do you approach an architect and have them draw plans? So I think it really comes down to like, how much appetite do I have to going through this process? With the team that we curate for you and kind of putting those pieces together, you can be as hands-on or hands-off as you like. So I think A is kind of figuring out like, do I really want a custom build? And am I willing to put in the work to do that? It's not as a simple transaction as, Hey, let me buy a resale or be like, we are curating essentially a house fit for your family and your needs. Mm-hmm. So that, that comes a little more steps, but it's, a, in my opinion, more fulfilling and more rewarding one and also more lucrative. Like the clients that we've built houses for essentially in Winter Park, they're making a million dollars in equity by the time the house is done. So yeah. it's, it's that risk reward of how much time and, and how much of an appetite you have for that. With someone moving, because a lot of people move here from other states and yeah. up north and stuff like that. What are some things, questions that people could ask when they're not necessarily always looking at the property? Like if you're here, you can drive down the street, look at it or something like that. But I'm sure there's a bunch of questions people have that are invisible. And when you say questions, JD, are you mean mooring with the lot and location or like with the process itself? Uh, with a lot in location, like what, what kind of things should they ask for? Yeah, absolutely. I think the a big factor as well is what kind of zoning is it for? Like, mm-hmm. is this an R2? Is it an R1? Is it commercial? So starting with that, I mean, it's kind of obvious. But mm-hmm. And then the second is how much, what's the word I'm looking for? But essentially clearing of the lot. Is there, is there certain gophers on there that you can't move? Is there trees that you can't touch? Is there a live oak in Winter Park? You can't tear that down. So kind of knowing the nuances of what's on the lot as well. Mm-hmm. And then third, are you on septics? Are you on well? Are you on city sewer? Are you on city water? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, the well and septic aspect may deter them from wanting to move forward on the lot. Yeah. So just some of those little things that most people don't have been trained to see. Yeah, it's funny because everywhere, you know, it's like like you mentioned the the live oak tree, like working with somebody that knows the market is really important because other places, even like the next town over, they don't have that same rule. But I've run into that in Winter Park too. On some of our houses, there's like a huge oak tree that you're like, sure, looks like it should be cut down. And they're like, no, this is a protected tree and you just have to build around it. So that's a just little nuance. Things like that are important. And um, so You've already talked a little bit about, and I think it was great about like how you can kind of guide people through the process. I'm just wondering what are like the first steps? Like you said, you want to get the broker, architect, builder, something like that. What would you say like, not necessarily in one, two, three, but what are like the first three biggest steps that most people are going to need to engage with? I think, and not to be, I guess, arrogant here, but starting with someone that knows your market and Mm -hmm. understands the real estate and construction world. So starting with a consultant that can kind of guide you and pull what you're looking for. So usually how it goes with us is we'll meet with you face-to-face or via Zoom, kind of understand what your needs are and why as well. I think the why is a big aspect. And then 
inside that kind of realm, like where specifically and what type of lot are you looking for? So to answer your question, it's lot, it's builder, and mm. it's architect. Yeah. So based on the conversation I have with the end consumer, I can then kind of guide them like, okay, they like more minimalistic design. Let me bring them the JD or, hey, they want a super traditional house. I have a builder that kind of fits that the niche yeah. as well. Yeah, I think that's great. I, it's interesting because I was just talking with someone the other day and, you know, they wanted a different type of house than I do. And but they were talking about how hard it was to find someone that kind of met their idea but if you're if you find a, a brokerage that has that connection to all different types of people because i've discussed that with you like you have like different architects for different styles or sizes of homes and stuff like that people can work with i think they'll have a better outcome as well because you won't just be doing google and seeing who the top three results are that may even just be paid for in the area Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like, and I think that's like that's another part of our job is we kind of vet builders to mm -hmm. understand like what's their overhead look like? What are they putting behind the walls? Are they using isonine spray foam? Are they using carbon fiber? So I want to know a little bit more about their business systematically. Do they have an interior designer they work with? Are they an architect? Do they have mm -hmm. an architect? And then from that, like I want to know who they are as a person. Like what's their personality like? Because in my experience, you can find the right builder, but if the personalities don't align, you're going to run in some more friction. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing, and I'm sure people tell this all the time, there's horror stories about things going wrong and things will go wrong. Yeah. But if you can kind of have that symmetry of personality and like alignment on the goal, then th working through those problems will be yeah. much smoother. What are some of the bigger problems that you think that like can be solved by working with a, a broker, like getting the whole team, the broker, architect, builder, put together. Yeah. I think it's just the speed of the decisions as well as the communication. Like I'm kind of your central spot. I'll spread the word of what you're looking to do rather than calling one person that has to call the other to call the other. Mm -hmm. So we can get a decision done in a matter of an hour versus two days sometimes, yeah. which slows down construction and then yeah. costs more money with overhead and interest carry. So the speed of the decisions and then the yeah. communication chain. Yeah. It's, it's, it was funny when you were talking about that. I just recently uh, someone was telling me that their friend had hired an architect and they did the whole building and the permit and stuff. And they didn't look at like the value of what the home was going to be because they had bought the lot. They didn't look at the value of what the home would be afterwards and they hadn't talked with the builder. So it was an isolated thing. Yeah. And so the architect got the permit, did the whole home, paid him 50 grand and then had nowhere near enough money or value in the home to build it. And that's just like, I feel so bad. I was like, uh, what What I, you know, because what I like to try to do is, you know, there's like three steps in the three major steps that I like to cite in the design process. And you do like an estimate and a check on the value of each of those. So you're not spending all that money and time, then going through permitting only to find out you can't do it. You may still decide not to do it or something like that, but at least you're making wise decisions throughout that process. But it needs all those people in order to do it. So I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up. That's probably, I would say that's probably the biggest one is like not being in an isolated zone. <laughs> so JD, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Because okay. I've experienced something similar that okay. when clients have, before they've come to me, mm -hmm. have just gone and gotten plans drawn and like, oh, we'll yeah. find the lot. In my experience, I've noticed a lot of architects will just completely over-design with no, with no regard of to budget. Maybe you could touch on that. Is that just like how they're trained mentally to think yeah. from school or like why does that always seem to happen? I will say a slight benefit to that first, but I definitely agree with you. When I meet with somebody, 
I always tell them first, pretend you have all the money in the world and all the space in the world, because I think it's important to understand what your dream is without any constraints. Mm. And then immediately you do the architectural DNA process to find out what all the constraints are, because I think that's what makes the beauty in the design is that unfettered dream combined with the reality of effects, which is like A of DNA and then the rules that nature puts on you structurally and with gravity. I don't know why. I think, um, you know, like I was talking about that other architect, you can be overtaken by the desire that you need to pay your bills. And you know that if you design that house as fast as you can, you're going to get all the money. And uh, that's not a good position to be in. But, I, you know, I've never had anyone tell me why. But you can see that I want to get through this design, get to my next customer that's in line and get these plans done. When you do that, you tend to not be able to research, hey, is this folding door, you know, is like $2,000 a linear foot versus, you know, the sliding door, which may actually be a better spatial thing, even though folding doors are more popular for this space is like less than half the price. But that takes time because in one situation, one may be better than the other um, with a trade-off structurally. So it's just, like you said, time. So many people call and the first thing is like they're moving because of the job and they need to be in the house or they don't want to have to pay rent at their new place, like sell it and then re-rent it out for a few months or something. So considering the whole cost and knowing the time that you're going to need is important. And the architect needs to push back on that, you know, like um, not just rushing through the whole thing because it's going to benefit the customer and the the future homeowner in the long run. But I do think it's very important. I, I just like to stress it a lot. Go crazy, go wild, but then also love the process of bringing it into reality. I think that's that's huge. And I want to touch on something you just said, the process, you know, enjoy it. That's not a rush. This is a really exciting chapter yeah. of your future lives, which you're going to look like in the next 12 to 15 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else I want to touch on, JD, which I think I'd, would bring some insight to consumers is you're an architect builder, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. So I feel like that provides an even further level of value to homeowner, future homeowners mm-hmm. that you already know in the back of your mind what how much some of this stuff is going to cost. So like, yeah, go absolutely crazy. But you already know like, okay, this is going to cost you $5 million. If you cut these few things out, we're down to four, et cetera. And you can like kind of weave them through that nuance of going absolutely nuts while staying in budget and kind of meeting them somewhere in the middle. Yeah. yeah I, even if you don't have that, because the majority will not, you want to have those people together. But that's why I decided to go that way, especially the past few years, by the time you design something, the cost does change quite a bit. That too, yeah. And so being able to work through that, the escalation process, which has slowed down quite a bit. I actually have had a, a few things like with lumber that had gotten a little cheaper for once, actually, <laughs> recently. Had some happy clients with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not in every case, but just certain items have been cheaper. So if you're using those on the project, then then it's helpful. I definitely think the three-step process also helps you because you get your main concept. I, I always do it this way. When you do the first design with the constraints, not the the crazy go wild dreaming one, but the first real what I call schematic design concept, you can do a budget. And you, if you have a different experience, let me know. But this is just mine is you're within about 30% range of what the real cost could be. Then 
the next phase, once you've picked out all the real systems, which is like how you're going to build the floors, how you're going to build the walls, what you're going to use for your finishes, you're within about 20%. Then at, you know, when you go to permit and you do all the engineering, you're within like 10. And then once you go to permit to build the thing, I don't think it's smart to ever think you're lower than that amount. But if you're doing a bank loan, you pretty much have to do a flat fee with whatever stipulations if they add stuff. So you try to narrow it down throughout the process instead of just doing the whole thing. And it's like, here it is. Here's your yeah. bill. Yeah. 300 grand more than you thought. Yeah. Right? And it's like, like, I mean, I've had to tell people that through that process by the end, but we haven't spent all their design money yet. And we also, it's not a surprise to them if they know they're like, Hey, keep like, there's one project I'm doing. I drew the house. I told him, Hey, this is going to be 1.5 million. And he was like, oh, can we do it? I was hoping to stay more 800. That was his initial budget. But this was just the first phase. So again, he hasn't spent all his design money, not even close, like less than a third. So I redesigned it. And I'm like, this is what will be in your range. And he's like, oh, I still want the other size. So I was like, okay, we'll try to bring the um, finishes down or the systems down and the the complexity of the design down. So instead of 1.4, we're like 1.1. And he's like, well, let me see if I can get some more money. So that if you keep going that way, you'll work to figure out what your maximum is. Because he had an idea, but he had the ability to get more money. But he did want to bring it down. So we're like whittling it down to the proper range by the time we get to construction. And it's always a dance. It's a, They're always yeah. going to say a number to start. And then mm-hmm. they're like, well, I want this Italian chandelier. Yeah. Maybe I can go a little bit higher. And then it, 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 you meet in that, that middle spot yeah. always. This seems to be my experience. Yep. I was doing one project and they were very, uh, <laughs> and this is funny to me, uh, very excited about getting in the place and their budget was this. Then they went on vacation and they came back and they wanted these three chandeliers that were 17 grand each. <laughs> And I was, <laughs> it was just funny because they were so set that like this was all the money they had. So, you know, sometimes people will find something they absolutely want to have and they want to incorporate that. And but you still want to try to guide them with whatever parameters they're giving you. But, you know, anyway, that, that was just a funny experience. And and they were really nice chandeliers. So, yeah. Were they worth 17 grand? They were huge. I mean, they were bigger than me. And uh, they're really nice. Pretty I, buff guy too. Yeah, you know? yeah. he's pretty chandelier. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, it's worth it to I'm you if you it's shit. worth it to you. you yeah. Know? yeah, great answer. Yeah, yeah. If put you want the, it. We put can put make me it on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're getting near the end of our time in the studio today, and I just wanted to give people an opportunity to get in touch with you if they're listening from out of town. They're going to move here, or they're in town and they they're looking for a brokerage for a custom home. How can they contact you? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. I think a good starting point would probably be our website. Mm-hmm. And that's www.hopegroupfl, as in Florida.com. Okay. Um, my phone number is on there, our contact information. You can even see some of the projects we're involved with. But more so, I'd love to just get to know more about like, what are you really looking for? And what I specialize in is creating something that doesn't exist. Yeah. Just nothing coming from an idea to fruition is one of my my passions in this world and fruition of helping people achieve their vision. That's really I, cool. I thoroughly enjoy that and I'd love to help some of your, your listeners as well. Great. And also, when you look in the show notes, I'll have the website link in there too. So if people want to go get in contact with you, Leighton, they can do that. This was really fun. We've hung out some and things like that, but it's fun to just straight talk about professional ideas and hopefully inspire people for their custom home. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. 
as I always say, we want to see you go from dreaming of a custom home to living in the home of your dreams. And yeah, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. If you are ready to start your journey of a lifetime designing and building a custom home or project, sign up for a free consultation at ca-rd.com today. We look forward to the journey together and making something unique for you and your family. If you have any topics you want discussed or questions about your custom home design for future episodes, send us a message via our website, ca-rd.com. And again, join us next time for another episode of the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast.